0: Thank you for tuning into the UNI podcast. This week, we have Nicole, a freelance social media manager, account coordinator, and content creator, who works with a range of startup companies on their operations, digital marketing campaigns, and audience development strategies. Along with her strong marketing skills, Nicole has worked with nonprofits, think tanks, and both the government of the United States and the government of Brazil. Additionally, Nicole is a graduate of George Washington University, where she majored in international affairs and concentrated in conflict resolution. Here's our conversation with Nicole.
1: The U and I podcast promotes love, happiness, and abundance through storytelling and sisterhood. They encourage self love, a balanced worth ethic, and a healthy life. This is Ozzy. and
0: Caro, and thank you so much for listening to the U and I podcast. in this household we love reflecting and manifesting for bigger and better things and this is why our Cheers to a better you guiding
1: workbook is perfect if you purchase now and use the code unifam you can save 20 percent. so head on over to our website and start manifesting your growth welcome back to the uni podcast we are so excited to have on nicole um, for another episode of our business file nicole thank you so much for joining us on the uni podcast
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored that you guys asked me to speak.
1: Yeah, um, I had actually, I had been in contact with Nana a couple months ago, like early in 2020. Um, And then she told me that she told me about you and that you also go to GW. So I thought it'd be perfect to bring you on, especially with every stylish girl biz and all the other brands that you help run.
2: Yeah, I'm so excited to share my journey with you guys.
1: So tell us about your story and what has led you to where you are now.
2: Definitely. So I grew up in a small town in New Jersey um, where there wasn't a lot of diversity. I was one of the few Brazilians in my school. So I went to high school. I never felt like I fit in. So I knew that I wanted to go to a city school. So my dream school was the George Washington University. Um, I always wanted to do... um, I always wanted to work in the United Nations or work in diplomacy. So as soon as I got into GW, I was super excited. So at GW, I majored in international affairs and concentrated in conflict resolution. And since I was 14, I always knew I wanted to work for the government. So I thought that this gave me the perfect opportunity to kind of test that route out. Um, So throughout my time at GW, I picked up an internship in every semester. Um, where I worked for the Department of State, the Embassy of Brazil, um, and the American Bar Association, and a couple of nonprofits and think tanks. And even though I had the privilege of landing these internships and getting a glimpse into what my life could be like if I were to go on a diplomacy track, I just felt like this wasn't for me. So during this time, during my senior year, I felt extremely lost and confused. Um, I had ended a long relationship and my course load was getting really intense. So I had to learn about um, difficult topics such as genocide Um, and my senior year was the year that I had to decide whether or not I wanted to pursue just diplomacy or not. Um, So I had to apply to certain grants to get um, different fellowships and whatnot. Um, I decided to actually take a pause from that um, and just apply to a couple of nonprofits because during this time I wasn't aligning with the administration's values. So I took a step back, got a job at the American Bar Association Rule of Law Initiative, where I worked on um, in the legal fields, but also in the international scope. So I worked on recruiting lawyers to work on human rights um, trials abroad. During this time, I also worked um, for Nana. Um, I was. I actually applied for an internship my senior year for Every Stylish Girl. I didn't have any experience in business or in fashion or in operations or anything like that. um, But my mentor at GW actually referred me to the position. So I was super excited that I had the opportunity to work um, with Nana for Every Stylish Girl. I started off as an operations boss where I handled day-to-day tasks, such as organizing Nana's calendar, ensuring that everything was going seamlessly. Um, and then I also worked um, my way up to be a content creator um, and an event coordinator as well. Um, also during 2019, so I graduated from GW at 2018. So in 2019, I reached out to someone I really looked up to. I reached out to Asiani Gold, who's a content creator on Instagram. Um, I asked her if I could be her intern and then she accepted. So I ended up working with her on her collection, um, Shop AAU, um, which is her clothing line. So I helped with the Instagram with that. Um, and also helped her with her pitch decks um, and her and I also designed her website. Um, and also during this time, I decided to reach out to the Digital Footprint, which is a creative agency smoc- focusing on um, strategy and just everything creative. So I reached out to them and wanted to be involved in what they were doing because I thought that their work was really amazing. So I had an interview with Donnie, um, Donnie Taylor and Raymond Smith, the co-founders of the Digital Footprint and they actually accepted me onto their team. So while I was working in 9 to 5 at the American Bar Association, I was like also working on these other jobs um, and trying to see if the creative um, route was for me because I did really want to leave DC um, and leave the government and nonprofit um, sectors. So after some time, so in September 2019, I decided to take the plunge and just quit my job in DC and then move to New York City. Um, so in New York City, I reached out to this recruiter on LinkedIn and actually got a job at this media company that had ties to Washington, D.C. They were a political. Um, so the media company was sister's com- a sister company to a political risk consulting company. So I worked um, with them for a bit from October up until maybe April. So when the pandemic hit, I decided to leave everything behind and quit my job. Um, I definitely don't advise this for everyone. I did have about $20,000 saved. Um, so while I was working in DC, I pretty much shaved every paycheck that I had and put it into a savings account um, so that if I did need anything or if I couldn't pay rent, I could um, tap into that savings account. So I quit that job and then became a freelancer full-time and that's where I am today so right now I work for a couple of creative agencies um and a couple of small businesses and I do their social strategy graphic design and a whole bunch of other things for them but yeah that's where I am today
0: oh my gosh if you could see my face that entire time when you were speaking it was just like I don't even know how to describe you're just like very much out there and you're doing a lot I I don't even understand, I have no words to that, but I love a lot of the brands that you were working for. Yeah,
1: that's amazing. Honestly, I feel like it tells the story of like post-grad life and just changes that you face, especially when you're in college and you not being afraid to embrace those changes and embrace the change of you like moving from government to a different, whole different sector. Thank you. How was
0: that change for you? I mean, Because I know my bestie, Ozzy, she was considering um, moving from around the international, like the same realm that you are in, like the international affairs, to more of like a med focused. So how was that shift for you? Like, was it scary? Like, how did you make that plunge?
2: Yeah, so it was extremely scary. But um, honestly, I think what kind of saved me from being really scared was having a solid bank account and ensuring that if I did take the plunge and just drop everything and switch careers, I had a savings account to kind of balance everything out. Um, and I also don't like depending on my parents a lot um, cause I don't know, we grew up not the wealthiest of people. So having to provide for myself and not depending on anyone else because there's like this saying that you're your biggest supporter. Um, obviously, my parents support me, but I always, also wanted to be financially independent. So having that bank account really, really helped me a lot um, and having a vision and always setting goals. One of my biggest tips is also having a vision board. So I know that sounds ridiculous. A lot of people um, don't believe in manifesting, but on my laptop and also on my phone saver, my phone screen saver, I put all the jobs that I wanted. And then I did that in January 20, or I did that in December 2019. And then it's December 2020, and I landed all the jobs I put on that mood board. And they were jobs I had, they were just dreams, I didn't even think that I could possibly land them. Um, but yeah, just envisioning and manifesting what you want for your life and also um, being um, grateful for where you are in life too, I write in a gratitude journal every single day. Um, Yeah, and just the transition also leaving DC where I had a solid network. I lived there for about five years. I had all my friends in DC and then moving to New York. I didn't have any friends. I didn't know who to connect with. Um, My mentor, Nana, even though she lives in New York City because of the pandemic, she moved back home and also traveled to Los Angeles a lot for work. So not having a support system in New York City was a lot, um, but I ended up finding, I lived in a co-living situation. so, in my apartment complex, um, the building that I lived in, the managers, they kind of connected everyone together, which is really helpful. And also, just tapping into the ESG network. Every stylish Girl really changed my life, not to be dramatic, but after working for them for about two years, there's such a great network of interns and just people that um, were brought onto the team that I talk to every single day. Um, and they're genuine friendships. And yeah, I just love working with them every single day um, and talking to them about their journeys too.
1: I want to kind of touch on like personal finances especially post grad talk to us a bit more about like your strategy when it came to like how were you able to save
2: $20,000 Yeah of course so I keep I'm a very type A person so I keep a detailed spreadsheet of every single thing I spend and I do it manually I know a lot of people suggest apps. Um, There's an app called Minted, which people really love. Um, But I like to physically type in the value that I spend every single day. Even if I'm just going to like the corner store and buying like toothpaste or something, I type that into the spreadsheet. Um, And then I also type in the income that I made. So while I was working uh, nine to five, I'll be completely transparent. I was making $44,700 per year. Um, And my apartment rent was about between my time in DC was between thirteen hundred a month to nine hundred and fifty a month um, because I had a roommate in the last year. Um, so yeah, I would save pretty much over fifty percent of my paycheck every single um, month to go to savings. I don't drink, and I didn't really go out to brunch because my friends were always just like we used to go to each other's apartments, um, and also because where I lived in DC, um, we just had like a cool like living space where we could just all hang out together. So drinking, I never paid for drinks going out in DC. It's pretty much very inexpensive, you don't have to pay for cover for a lot of places. Um, And yeah, I don't also do any other things like I don't smoke so I don't spend money on that. Um, And going out to brunch I would only do that maybe twice a month and clothing. My sister and I are the same size and everything so I pretty much and my mom too. So we pretty much all share clothes I don't really spend money on that. Um, The only thing I would splurge on is beauty because I love makeup products and things like that. But I was very dedicated and I was on a mission to leave DC. Um, So saving those paychecks and also just having friends that um, inspired me to do the same. A lot of my friends were like, oh, no, it's totally fine. If you don't want to go out, we can just stay in. Um, A lot of people really were kind of in the same boat as me and they also had a vision for themselves. Like, for example, my other friend, she had to pay off um, her financial student loan debt because her parents couldn't afford to pay the part that they owed. So we were all just working together to kind of save our finances and do something bigger than us, if that makes sense. Um, But yeah, my biggest tip is definitely tracking all your finances in a spreadsheet um, and setting goals for yourself and also talking to a financial advisor. So once I kind of took the plunge into freelancing, um, I immediately set up a meeting with a financial advisor. um, And I'm kind of putting money into a um, Roth IRA instead of a 401k because I am self-employed and also putting in about $5,000 a month into a mutual funds um, brokerage account through the financial advisor who's helping me. Um, So that's how I handle savings um, because I didn't grow up with a lot of it and just my parents weren't financially savvy because my mom's also not from here. My parents, my dad is also Brazilian, um, but grew up in America, but didn't have that foundation. So we kind of just took it into our own, I took it into my own hands to kind of save for myself um, and take, learn all the finance, financial tricks and hacks that I could on my own. What about
0: this season in your life right now? How would you describe it, especially given how 2020 just took everybody by surprise?
2: Yeah, so right now I'm pretty much all over the place. So <laughs> I am very happy and grateful that I, was able to be a freelancer full-time, but I am like, I did burn out early December. I completely burned out and was like, I'm taking too much on. I don't know how to handle this. So I took a lot of time to self-reflect. Um, so right now I'm working, I think I have about nine clients. Um, and I love the work I do for all of them, but I'm really working on trying to scale my business. Um, so. And also just expressing my concerns to the people that I freelance for so my clients they all know that I have other clients um, that I work with so they've been really understanding but right now I think 2021 is the year of scaling and just also tapping into other markets so although I do love freelancing and working on strategy I want to scale down the amount of clients I'm working with and also tap into other industries so I've been looking into investing into real estate and also just in finding ways to make passive income. Um, and I'm potentially gonna work on developing a product with a friend. Um, so that once the passive income comes in through real estate and also just creating a product, then I can take down the amount of clients that I'm working on and just have more time for myself. Um, but yes, I have burned out, but I'm working on that slowly um, and just being transparent with the clients I work with. Um, and trying to collaborate with other creatives to help, so they can help me with their business and I can help them with theirs.
1: You were talking about real estate investing, and I'm super into that. So uh, this is just for me personally, like. but how are you, because I I have books now, I'm doing more research, trying to figure out what property to buy first.
2: I'm also very new to this, but my dad, um, he works in project development for a construction company in New York City. So he is the one that oversees all the construction sites for apartment complexes and whatnot. Um, So I'm hopefully gonna try to invest through his um, construction and development company that he works for. Um, So that's another form of passive income where you basically um, give developers a chunk of your money and they invest in the property. And then in a couple of years, once the apartment complex is filled out, then you would get dividends um, once everything is sold and running properly. Definitely don't take my word for anything though. Do your own research. But I've been listening to a lot of rooms um, in this new app, clubhouse. And a lot of the people have been talking about real estate development. So investing into multifamily units, um, so purchasing a house, investing into the, um, or purchasing a house and then renting it out and renovating it. um, And then kind of having that um, flow of income coming in from the people that you rent out to. Um, and then also refinancing it um, so that the value increases, and then you can eventually sell the property. So that's what I'm trying to work on and figuring out because I think that um, real estate investing is a great way to secure your wealth and also your um, just helping your fit like the money stay inside your family, and also it can be passed out to future generations. And I feel like that a lot of minorities don't talk about real estate investment enough. And if you look at all the millionaires across the board, um, they have assets into in real estate. And that's something that I think that a lot of people should tap into.
1: You say that your mission is to empower women of color. How do you accomplish this on a day-to-day basis?
2: Yeah, so I'm very selective with the companies I work for. Um, All the companies I work for are women of color run. Um, I want to help people that are in my community. Um, I'm a humanitarian at heart. That's why I went into the international fair space. So helping women of color, um, people who look like me and just people in general, who um, are women of color, I feel like putting money into their hands is really important. Um, one of my clients, she I designed her website and she was so happy because The other people that worked for her to design her website didn't make it so that people could actually purchase her products effectively. So she wasn't making any sales. So by helping her um, with her business and also helping her launch her business, um, I've been able to bring more customers to her um, and put money into her hands too. So I find that extremely valuable. And also I think that just helping women in general is super empowering. If you look at countries that are run mostly by women, if you look at New Zealand, they did such a great job with COVID and their prime minister is a woman. If you look at Rwanda right now, um, Rwanda is doing, making so many strides in government um, and most of their government is um, made of women. So I think that's super important um, just to empower other women. I'm the type of person, I learned this from Nana too. I'm always gonna put people onto resources. If you ever need a resume review, a portfolio review, I will do it. if I know of any opportunities, I will always share them with you. So yeah, I think it's very important to help um, women of color and support women of color um, businesses, because the more money that comes into those types of communities, um, the more wealth um, that it generates, and then more generations um, become empowered to do um, amazing things.
1: Yeah, I love that. I feel like that abundance mindset is so important, not only for the people around you in the community, but also for yourself. I feel as if you feel better when you help others.
2: Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I think it's super important just to always help people um, and always to be humble. And if people ask for help, don't see them as competition. Um, think of horizontal networking. People don't talk about that a lot. There's always people that say like, oh, you should not work up. Like talk to like older people who have lived the experience that you wanna live, but that's not necessarily the best way to network in my opinion. I think networking um, horizontally is super important because the person that's connecting with you, asking you for advice, may be a potential coworker down the line, or they may be someone that um, starts a business with you. Um, so yeah, networking with people that's your, that are your age is super important um, because they can be a colleague down the line.
0: Going off of that, um, what does woman empowerment look like to you?
2: Yeah, so I think it's super important, um, just to support other women. So just if I see a business that I really support, I'm going to plug them on Instagram. Also, if I'm seeing a content creator that I really value, like for every stylish girl biz, one of my jobs is to post content or repost content on Instagram. So every day I look at reels and TikToks that are created by other women of color, and I post them on Instagram so that they can get promotion and views and drive traffic to their business, but also like shed to light that there are people creating content that are women of color and that we should all be supporting each other. So a lot of the work that I do, um, women empowerment, you can see that type of work through every stylish girl biz. And also just putting together events like Sip and Slay. So every stylish girl puts on a quarterly event called Sip and Slay. Um, where we highlight Black-owned businesses and other women of color who are making strides in every industry that you can think of. So we actually have Sip and Slay coming up in January called Secrets of Black Success, where we're going to be highlighting how women can basically empower themselves to run successful businesses and how to um, put each other on and also just make successful strides um, and, grow their, and grow and scale their business.
1: Yes, I love that. I'm actually in GW. I'm in my third year. So I wanted to know more about your experience and what you learned from your experience at GW.
2: Yeah, so that's great. My sister actually is going to GW. She's a freshman, um, but she's going in January once the school kind of semi opens, I guess. But yeah, I don't. I don't know, I had a very mixed experience with GW. I was in a relationship for most of it, and then I went through um, a breakup my senior year. So I kind of had, I was pretty removed from a lot of the community, um, because I was in a relationship, so I don't advise that. I advise just like getting to know yourself and exploring um, yourself in the work environment. But I also, it was a lot. I think GW, there's a lot of pressure to perform and compete with each other. I think in the Elliott School specifically, um, people would always be like, Oh, did you get that State Department internship? Or Oh, where are you interning this semester? Are you working for the CIA? Are you getting a job at Deloitte? So there's all this competition. Um, so my senior year, I kind of was very checked out because in October of my senior year, um, a lot of people were starting to get job offers. But I didn't receive any, even though I I applied to I think 215 jobs, I kept a spreadsheet of all the jobs I applied to. And the only reason why I got my job offer in July 2018, like two months after I graduated was because I interned at the place where I worked. And then my mentor um, at the ABA, she referred me for that job. So it was very connection heavy. It's very competitive. um, But The work I did like through internships was very gratifying. But I do recognize that it was a privilege that could take, I think I took six or seven unpaid internships. Um, And on top of that, I had to work like two part-time jobs to make that happen. Um, But if I didn't do that, then I wouldn't have gotten the job I did. So it's just, I don't know. I think that GW is great. I got a lot of connections. And I met a lot of amazing people. And I got to live that diplomacy life for a second before I switched careers. But I do think it's very competitive. And if you do have a strong support system, I definitely rely on that. And don't feel the pressure to compete with other people. Because whatever's meant for you will be for you. Um, and a lot of the people that I know today ended up switching careers, even though they were on the same track as me. So yeah, don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. But there are a lot of great resources and people at GW.
0: Well, thank you for that. Because you kind of just seem to have like so many hats and you're kind of juggling them all. How important is it how important is time management in creating a good habit for growth? Not just in a workspace but also for personal growth.
2: Yeah, time management is really important. One of the questions I really just like is what do you do in your free time? Because honestly, I don't have free time. I spend a lot of my time researching ways to make the businesses I work for succeed. Um, so I also struggle with time management. Um, I would love to say and hop on here that I have like one hour of dedicated self-care every day or I take time for myself every day. That's not true, I'm working on it. I am like really struggling with that right now, but that is a top priority for me. My mental health and physical health are definitely my priority in 2021. I um, it should be right now. And so I'm trying to implement that before I go into the new year. Um, but time management is very important. One of the tools I used for a bit was Toggle. So it's a project management tracking tool. So anytime you're working on a project, if you hit a button, it times you for how long you're working for that project. And it kind of implements the Pomodoro effect where you, the most effective, they say that to be the most effective, you have to work like 20 minutes on a project and then take a five minute break and then work 20 minutes again. And it's kind of like a cycle. So I use that for a bit. So it's called Toggle. Um, And that was very helpful. But then I also decided to switch it up a bit and use a um, project management tool called Notion. So Notion allows me to track my tasks, see what projects I have coming up. I also use Trello um, for my clients. It's similar to Asana, which is another project management tool. Um, And my coworkers use Asana as well. So there's a bunch of resources to help you keep on time and on track for time management. But it's honestly about whether or not you want to do it or not. And if you have that um, mindset, that routine ingrained in yourself, um, I'm still working on that. But yeah, I think there's a lot of resources out there to help you get there. It's just a matter of if you're willing to do it and invest the time to create a routine and stick to it.
1: With that, can you walk us through like your day to day? What does your day to day life look like? But also what specific routines do you prioritize?
2: Yeah, so every single day, I wake up at 730. Um, so I work for a couple of creative agencies throughout the day. Um, so right now, my main clients are every stylish girl, um, Mama Trust, which is a creative agency, and then you creative and then the digital footprint, I essentially work on prioritizing, okay, so I look at the list of tasks, I create a task list every day. So every morning I wake up, I create a list depending on priority. So I put the top priority first and then I put the least at the bottom. And if I don't get to it that day, I shift it over to the next day. Um, And then I basically, so from 7.30 all the way to five, I work on all those tasks that I have to do. And then from five to about seven, I actually have a lot of team meetings, um, whether I'm working on every stylish girl sip and slide with the team or I'm working on the digital footprints um, operations, I have my team meetings then because a lot of the people that I work with are entrepreneurs too. So they also have a nine to five. So then from nine to about 10, that's when I'm actually in bed and checked out. Um, I go to, I try to go to bed at 10. I love sleeping. So I always prioritize sleep and I need to get at least eight to nine hours of sleep every day. Um, But yeah, so basically I use the project management tools I talked about earlier. um, And I also um, keep a list. And wake up at seven thirty every day. Um, and to sh- ensure that I stay on track, I also write in my journal every day. Um, I think right actually physically writing things out um, is really important too. Um, so I do that in the morning and in the evening, just to um, give myself a little self recap of how the day went and what I can do tomorrow to improve.
1: Wow, I love that. I love that you love sleep. I just that's like my goal in life to create an amazing sleeping schedule where i'm just happy ideally i get maybe nine to ten hours of sleep that's like my dream
2: i love sleeping i all i literally (laughs) i can't function if i don't sleep i am also not a morning person and i stop trying to force myself to be a morning person so i don't know i am the most productive in the morning but when it comes to like having meetings or things like that i try to push those to the evening um but also just setting alarms too. I love setting alarms on my phone and putting calendar like my calendar is super up to date. So anytime I have an important task to do, I set that as well. But yeah, I always have to. I have to be in bed by ten, or else I won't function the next day.
0: But how are you able to create boundaries in social media, especially when your vol- your when your job revolves around it?
2: That's a great question. That is a question that I had to deal with a lot this year. Um, So when it comes to clients, I put it in my contract now. If you have your own contract, I definitely advise to put that in there. So I say that my hours are between nine to five, Monday through Friday. I had this client, like, she would text me at one in the morning asking for social media content that she assigned me at 10 PM. And I'm like, I can't do this. My mental health was, completely like not it wasn't there. It just wasn't. So I ended up parting ways with that client. Um, and then after that horror story, I had to literally put it into my contract. And I do have a hard time sticking up for myself. Because um, I always want to please the client. I'm also an introvert and very soft spoken. So people don't really take me seriously. So I I don't know, I implemented ways by putting that into my contract. I also don't give out clients my personal phone number anymore. That was super important because now that no one can text me, they have to email me. And then I know that some of my friends actually put out of um, office email. So say a client emails them at 6 p.m. and their hours are nine to five, the client will get an automatic response saying, hey, our office is closed right now. Um, We'll be reaching out to you shortly. I've also been trying to consider maybe putting together a fake assistant. This is a tip I learned from my mentor. Um, But she basically has a fake assistant where she would be like, she created a separate email so that all the inquiries would go through that email. And then she would write to the client or potential client saying, hey, um, I can't get to you right, or my boss can't get to you right now. Um, What's your inquiry, blah, blah, blah. And the client had no idea that that, not the person that they're talking to. So it's kind of awful that we have to go through these extremes to protect our boundaries, but I'm all for it. And also, I noticed red flags immediately. So I had a person reach out to me about wanting to do um, website design. And I absolutely I, she came off really friendly. So I gave her my number because I thought it was going to be like a chill type. Oh, let's just talk about website design type thing. But then she wanted to bring me on. And then this was during the holiday season too. This was during Thanksgiving, but she ended up texting me, emailing me, DMing me, all at the same time, and I just like I can't do this. So then I emailed her and was like, "Sorry, I can't take on this project, but I will refer you to anyone in my network." Um, but yeah, noticing those red flags is super important. You don't want a client who's gonna text, call, and DM you all at the same time because you won't be able to handle it. Um, but yeah, that's how I handle boundaries and I'm still working on it.
1: I noticed you say this on your social media that you are, you do social, you you do social media content, but you don't have a huge following around something along those lines. Talk to us more about that.
2: Yeah. So I find that, yeah, I'm super low key. I, I don't know. I have like, I guess everyone can kind of relate to this, but I have fear of posting, I don't know. I get anxiety around posting. Um, and I also get anxiety around, um, creating content for myself. Um, I'm great at creating strategies for everyone else, but I guess when it comes to myself, I have a hard time of kind of saying what I work on and like how I want to help people. And I am working on that. I'm trying to build out my brand for 2021. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, I, I got all my clients through word of mouth. And I'm super thankful for my network. I can't thank them enough, like Nana, and also Asiami and Donya and all the people that I work for. I'm so grateful that they have referred me to so many amazing clients. So I was able I actually deleted my first Instagram, I was I was able to get all these clients just through word of mouth, um, which kind of shows that's also how in New York and I noticed DC is um, a lot of things is word of mouth and having a really strong portfolio. So If you are trying to get into that industry, um, your resume doesn't really matter, unfortunately. Um, But yeah, it's all about connections. So I am working on my Instagram. I'm working on not getting anxiety when it comes to posting for myself um, and just creating my brands. I have a lot of talks with other creators about this, and they also kind of have a similar struggle. I don't know why it's that, that like we can work on everyone else's brands, but when it comes to ourselves, we have a hard time. But yeah, it's something I'm definitely trying to work on. That's
0: really interesting. Well it's our job to kinda stock our interviewees before <laughs> before we interview them just to kind of get to know them a little bit more. And I like what's going on with your theme on Instagram now. I love the aesthetic.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm definitely trying to like figure out where I fit into this whole Instagram community thing. I'm very lost. Um yeah, because I don't know. I don't fit into a lot of communities. I kind of do my own thing and stay in my own lane. So I'm trying to build into that, Um, but definitely one of my goals for 2021 is definitely promoting financial literacy and helping other women do that. I'm hopefully wanting to create more awareness about how to save and where to save and how to invest money, because I feel like um, a lot of people don't know where to do that. And as like coming from like a Brazilian background, money is very taboo. People don't really talk about it. Um, People don't talk about that with their finances a lot. I was talking to my boss, one of my bosses, she's Korean. um, And she was telling me how her family, they talk about finances and personal finances all the time. And her and her sister know everything about where they're spending their money and helping each other grow. So I've been trying to implement that with my sisters, too, and being like, hey, this is like where you should save. This is what you should be investing in right now. And also telling other people um, how I save my money so that they can do that, too.
0: What are your plans? And where do you see yourself and your brand in the future?
2: Yeah, so my dream goal is to be an angel investor. I love helping businesses and like kicking them off the ground. Because I noticed that a lot of women have such great ideas, but they just don't have the funding behind it. And I noticed this with this recently on every stylish girl biz, we posted a TikTok from this girl. And it was kind of a joke, like, she set listed out all her business expenses and then at the end she was like she launched but then her business didn't make any money um which is like an awful experience to go through but so many people related to it and it sh- that shouldn't be the norm people shouldn't be having to struggle to launch the business of their dreams um, and not have any funding or access to funding and a lot of women of color just don't have access to funding um, especially black women. So I definitely want to change that. I want to be an angel investor. Um, I want to build as much wealth as possible so that I can give back as much as possible down the line. I realized that that was my dream when I was in international affairs actually, because I worked so much in the nonprofit space. I was like, okay, the government is very bureaucratic. All these people are kind of funding I don't know, they're funding organizations and the people that are actually impacted the most by all these atrocities aren't being helped. Um, So I just realized, you know what, I'm just going to take all this money and invest into the companies I truly believe in. So that's a trickle down effect. Um, But yeah, that's my goal. And for my brand down the line, I'm still going to continue working with strategy, working with these amazing companies. I'm super excited to see where every stylish girl goes and every stylish girl fits. Um, And I just started working at UTendall Creative, and I'm super excited to see where that goes to. My boss just won Forbes 30 under 30. Um, So she is about to make really big moves in the business space and just creative space. Um, Her name is Madison, UTendall, definitely check her out. But yeah, I'm super excited about um, where all this is going.
1: What recs do you have for anyone who's interested in learning more about how to start a business and content strategy
2: yeah so i okay i know that this is kind of like random but skillshare i use skillshare for two months and i did their free trial and i think you can get so there's like this little hack you can do um if you try to cancel it um they actually give you extended three month trial or something like that um but check out skillshare i took their photoshop course And because I took that one Photoshop course, which I think was about eight hours, I spaced it out over a span of one week. I ended up, now I'm like a full-time, I guess, graphic designer. I don't really wanna claim that term, but I make graphics. Um, And because of that, I was able to secure all my jobs. And now I make so much more money. Like literally I doubled my salary um, when I was in DC to now just because I took that one Photoshop course. So definitely Skillshare. Um, And then there's this group on Facebook called Freelancing Females. Um, There's about 50,000 women in there and they post job opportunities for freelancers. Um, Literally every single day, if you're looking for a job, you will find it. They have copywriters. They're looking for um, people that write blogs. They're also looking for people that do graphics, logos, websites. Literally anything that you could possibly freelance is in that Facebook group. They also have a community on Instagram um and then also ladies get paid they have a slack channel i think they have over hundreds of thousands of women in that slack channel but in that slack channel there's all these little um channels that you can go into and they're either hiring looking for jobs my friend um she's part of brooklyn mavens she actually just hired her graphic designer on there um so people are always looking to hire and then every stylish girl um, we have a huge network of women. Um, we actually created a Slack channel as well. People are posting job opportunities and also networking with each other. And we also have an event coming up where you'll have the ability to network. We have an amazing speaker, um, keynote speaker coming up that will be announced on Monday. So stay tuned for that. Also feel free to DM me if you need any resources. Um, oh, and where all the black designers also post jobs a lot if you're a designer or creative. Um, but yeah, I'm always willing to share as many resources as possible.
1: Wow, thank you so much for that. Especially with 2020 and COVID and just the changes. How has your mindset changed?
2: Like I said before, I really didn't believe in myself. I always thought that my life would be like, I'm gonna work for someone the rest of my life and just be behind the scenes. Um, which is a totally admirable career. Um, so I was like, I'm totally content with this. But then I was like, I was in corporate America and I was just getting so many different microaggressions and just the atmosphere that I was surrounding myself with was very negative. So I just couldn't take it anymore. And because I had those savings, I just quit. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to keep applying to jobs. So I added more off that spreadsheet of like 215 jobs I applied to. Didn't hear back from anyone because um, it was still the pandemic. I made it to a final interview stage with one company, but it wasn't in me to go back into the corporate space. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to keep working for small businesses and put faith into myself. Um, And yeah, even so, even though I am an introvert, and I do struggle with um, not struggle with being a leader, I'm still working on that. Um, I just put a lot of faith into myself um, and had to become a boss. Um, I'm not necessarily managing anyone. I'm still working with a lot of teams. Um, and for the digital footprint, I oversaw a lot of the employees work. So that was that helped me a lot with my confidence. But yeah, I think just having more confidence in myself, that was the biggest thing I took away from 2020. Um, from twenty twenty.
0: What are you hoping for in 2021?
2: Yeah, so I definitely am trying to invest in like more prop or a property, I want to buy a house. So In January, I'm turning, um, I'm turning 25. So I'm like, okay, Nicole, you need to start like being an adult and maybe buy a house. So I'm going to try to do that. (laughs) Um, And I'm going to try to keep working with as many brands as possible. Um, I still want to, um, I really want to grow Yes Sheep is to the platform it deserves to be. I still want to keep on providing more resources to women of color. Um, and just spreading awareness, um, and providing as many resources as possible to people who want to grow their business or want to take a punch into freelancing. I also want to help more women in corporate spaces because not everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. I think that's a career that's like, it's very taxing and it's super admirable to want to climb the corporate ladder. So I definitely want to provide more resources for women who want to grow and scale in the corporate space. Um, and yeah, we're doing a lot of that in every stylish girl business platform
1: well Nicole thank you so much for joining us on the UNI podcast thank you for dropping so much knowledge and wisdom in this episode we really appreciate it
2: thank you so much for having me I really appreciate it thank you for creating this platform
1: I hope you enjoyed this episode of the UNI podcast If you love this episode as much as we did, rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, check
0: out our show notes for all of our links, including our Cheers to Better You guide and workbook. New episodes drop every week on Monday. We can't wait to hang out with you again.
2: We'll talk soon. Bye.